What's your favourite TV star? My favourite TV star? Man. Man. Um, Doctor Who. What one? Peter Davison one. To the Who Valley podcast. This is episode hash, whatever it might be. Um, this might be the first ever episode. Um, if it is, then actually, no, let's start again. Scratch that. Right. <laughs> Welcome to my shows. I'm your host. I'm popping up like toast. Um, am I popping up? Metaphorically, yes. So, yeah, all right. Um, with me tonight, I have. My good friend, R-T-P-L-W-B-O-T-G. Rugger Poplar's Wonders, brains on the ground. And he's a good friend of mine. I've known him since his brains were on the ground. And there he is. Hello. Good evening. Um, Welcome. I I am here, and I am here to uh, talk to my very good friend, 790. He's not Robert De Niro, but he is my hero. Right. So for the sake of the viewers... Okay, this could be episode the first episode the viewers have ever listened to. Yes, I'm going to call them viewers, um, even though it's a podcast. So, what what do you mean? Why are you calling me seven nine zero? Well, you're named after a robot head from a popular science fiction series with very bad graphics due to its age. Um, back in the day, man, it was cats. It was really oh, look at the graphics, man. They're so cool. What was the show called? It was called Lex. It was on the Sci-Fi Channel to begin with, and um, it's a very obscure um, sci-fi fantasy about um, Stanley H. Tweedle, captain of the Lex, who got the Lex. It's a spaceship that looks like a giant dragonfly. Um, he's got a love slave with him that's half cluster lizard. That's another story, uh, and a dead assassin that's actually live, and a robot head called Seven Nine Zero, or Seven Ninety, as he's known in the series. Um, and we we sort of nicknamed you 790 because you were always into computers and stuff. If you're after something that is out there, like really trippy out there, Lex is something that not that many people know about. But I myself, yeah. and I know Rug, would highly recommend. It's just off the scale and it just gets it's elastic in the way that it's the way it goes through the different universes and and everything else but anyway so just to get into the podcast right now what i want to do is to break it down to why we're here i'm bringing rug on because he's the oldest doctor friend that i know that uh that loves the doctor as much as i do uh, when i say the oldest i don't mean the oldest as in age i mean we go back to back in the dizzy uh like we're talking 1983 dizzy so um, I really wanted to get Rug on the podcast, and uh, Rug is going to definitely be a regular viewer. Sorry, well, not viewer. What would you be? Um, uh, co-host. Co-host. Ah, oh, that's the one. Co-host. 
um, of the podcast because we've got lots of shit to talk about, but a lot of what we're going to talk about, we're going to have to explain. So that's what it's, that's what this whole podcast is about. It's about imagination, using it, and then discussing it, and then moving forward with it, but being totally honest with our criticism. So I need to ask you, Rug, three questions before we really jump off about the Doctor, because fundamentally what we're here is about Doctor Who. We are going to talk about other shows like Lex. We're going to talk about other fiction. Um, I'm definitely going to go into stuff about the Dark Tower. But the fundamental three points of this podcast podcast is that you um you can either narrate or write a story we, we you need to come up with a concept basically you can pitch it as a plot idea or you can you can change an existing story and present it as a alternate version so for example if you watched last week's episode or if you watched Hartnell last week you can say i watched x episode i watched the mind robber but i think the mind robber would be much better if we did this or whatever you could do whatever you want but it's about presenting ideas that's that's the um usp of this of this podcast rug as a new you know we're all new to the to, to the who valley podcast but what i want to ask you is three questions the first one is what is your first memory of the doctor my very first memory of the doctor is probably tom baker it was tom baker and the daleks i remember being specifically scared by the daleks when they shot someone they sort of turned a negative blue color and dropped down to the floor and that terrified me i remember being like you know the old saying people say oh you're always hiding behind the sofa when doctor who was on when you were little i do actually remember going behind the sofa and watching it from stood up behind the sofa and peering over the top while I was watching it. And I used to find that a comfortable space to, to be able to watch Doctor Who. What would you say this was, Rug? Like, if you were to get... I mean, do you know which episode you might be referring to? I, I don't know. It was an early Tom Baker one with the... Probably the first Dalek episode. Yeah, because I was born in 74. So it was probably when I was about two or three, maybe, when I first... Well, probably so- about three... When I first saw the you doctor. had absolutely no idea what was going on, but you, you can you can remember that. That's in your mind. Yeah, the Daleks were the first thing that I remember off of that, to be honest. Okay. And I also remember it was like sort of, I believe it was on a Saturday night, you know, sort of early evening sort of time. And it was always left with a cliffhanger. It was because, like, in, in them days, you didn't just get one episode with a whole storyline in it. You got 22 and a half minutes or something of the beginning of a story, and then you'd have to wait a whole week again before you get to part two, and then another whole week again before you get to part three. And it could be an eight-part story. So it could take you months to achieve watching what you could do on a DVD in an afternoon. So... It was it was different format back then. You know, you had to wait a whole week. And, of course, you were left waiting about it. And of course, when you go to school the next day, you, you'd play Doctor Who and the Daleks or run around or be a Cyberman or something like that. And you'd play Doctor Who for a week. And then, of course, everyone on Friday was like, watch Doctor Who tomorrow. Oh, I've got to see what happens. And then you see what happens. And then you get to the end of it. And then they gave you with another cliffhanger and you'd be back to square one again. So it, it, it kept you're, you on your toes back then. You're, you're talking like season 12. You're talking like 
Tom Baker's first? Would, would you be referring to Genesis? I do remember Genesis from when I was young, yeah. Oh, shit, man. It might, it might have been a rerun. It might have been the first time it was shown. I'm not yeah. sure. I, I don't know the dates at the moment. But, yeah, I, I was very young when I watched it because my dad used to enjoy it. Um, you know, he, yes. he used to massive fan of it but he used to watch it and enjoy it and i think mm. he knew that i liked it so it was on something that he could watch it, you know sesame street used to do his head in so that you would know, have been used... like half five on the on a, on a saturday afternoon or something like that yeah i would have thought yeah something like that early evening you know some some sort of time at the weekend where i was allowed to stay up longer than on a school night you know mm. um but yeah i was definitely into doctor really young um okay. it's been one of my lasting memories you know say growing up with the doctor you feel that you have grown with him and I, I i also remember they did have i think it was on bbc2 they used to play reruns of patrick troughton and john pertwee as well i do remember uh, spearhead from space right uh, i remember seeing that when i was really young because then uh you know the what they called the the nesting you know in in, in them plastic bodies sort of like shop dolls you know the mannequins Mm. they used to terrify me and i remember You're being top. in british home stores in stains when i was very young i was very small and um i remember going up and there was like a, a plinth a square <laughs> plinth. You'd say british home stores yeah british home stores in stains and it was in the shopping center too much away this, man <laughs> this square plinth in the middle of the shop and it had two like mannequins that were like six foot tall but on top of this plinth they stood at probably about eight foot high and I remember going up to him and standing and looking at these things, you know, with these stiff women with their hands all like that, or, you know, with the hands on the, the hip. And they used to terrify me. I was absolutely terrified of mannequins for ages in my okay. life, you know. So you obviously saw Spearhead from Space at some point, but you're too young to yeah. have seen 70, before you were born anyway. 73, but, something like that, maybe. Yeah. There was this thing that was broadcast called the, and we're talking 80s, early 80s, the many faces of Doctor Who. And I'm not sure which one or if Spearhead was part of that. My first memory is of Carnival of Monsters, where Pertwee comes out of the miniscope. Yeah, that's right. Tiny. And then he goes, you know, he starts to grow back to normal size. That to me it was being shown at the same time I was fascinated by seeing Tom I remember the Tom Baker title sequences and his uh, sequence and his scarf and all that and I was like I loved the kind of like you know when you get the the aliens eye view or whatever point of view or those kind of things I was always fascinated visually probably more I had no idea what was going on story-wise at that age but anyway yeah uh, for me it's Carnival of Monsters is my early, earliest memory so, all right, we covered that one off. So, next question. There's only three questions. Why do you love the Doctor? I think it's because there's an unpredictability to it. There's, you know, you, you never know quite what you're going to get. Is the Doctor going to be on Earth in present day, or is he going to be on Earth in the Victorian age? Is he going to be on a planet at the end of the universe? Is he going to be on a planet that you could never even imagine? It, it, the elasticity. In, back in the day as well like is is the alien going to be made of bubble wrap and tea strainers sprayed green you know is it is it going to be obvious that the tardis is falling apart because bbc didn't have the money to make the indoor indoor part of the tardis look real is william but, partner going to 
Fluffy's words up. There's, there was always some sort of element of a murmur to it. At that point, um, oh, so that's why you love it now. You lo- what you're saying is you love it because of uh, you love classic Doctor because you find it endearing with the wobbly walls and the bu- bubble wrap and the tea strainers and the what was it? We made a Cyberman once, didn't we? But the, the the handle that goes across the top of the head was a gas connection tube from the back of an oven that I got out of Stand the Man's van. Right, peace out, Stand uh, the Man. The actual head of the the Cyberman was a sturdy flower pot that I cut. I, I, I used the flower pot as the main base of the head. The the grills on the eyes I made out of two cheap tea strainers. My mum bought in a pound shop for me. Um, oh. The ear the ear sort of sockets, if you like, where the the pipe goes into the handle goes into, were two sausage uh, plastic containers again mm. sprayed. Everything was sprayed silver, and I remember I had an old box of Cavalier. What inspired you to spray it silver? Well, because it was a Cyberman, basically. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but I, I, Carry I on. cut um, the steering, you know, the middle part of a steering wheel, that padded bit in the middle. I cut yeah. that off of my old Vauxhall Cavalier, turned it inside out and used that as the neck that came down underneath the helmet. And then I attached another couple of these metal pipes going down. I was going to make the whole suit. Um, absolutely Apparently, respect you for taking your car apart to make a Cyberman. This is the man I'm talking to. This is what it's all about. Um, were you talk, what would you be aspiring to on that particular version, that particular model? Would it be? Would it have been Tomb of the Cybermen or? Yeah, much that, Tomb of the Cybermen because that is one yeah. of my favourites. Yeah, um, that was going to be really one of my next questions. Right, okay, good. all right. Top. Well, this has, it wasn't actually going to be. Sorry to cut you off there, man, because. Um, okay. That was that was good. Um, I probably should have let you go, but you've lost your thread anyway. But yeah, I, all right. So I was going to ask you one. This is the penultimate question. Um, give us three. I'm not going to ask you for your three best ever episodes, but give us three off the top of your head that are your favourites. From the classics. Top um, of the time. Um, now, let me think. Off the top of my head, but the first one, I've, I've just mentioned Tomb of the Cybermen, that's, but that's one of my favourites. I think Genesis is another good one. That's that's coming off the top of my head. And I also liked the introduction of Christopher Eccleston because I remember it very well because it was 2004. I had my daughter with me, Angel, and uh, right. I just cooked a chicken curry for us both. And we were sitting in my flat and we got all ready. We locked the doors, turned the phones off, drew the curtains sat there and dinner was ready just in time to sit down and watch the brand new Doctor Who that everyone had been waiting for for about 16 years, I think it was, you know, sitting there waiting and waiting and we were getting all excited. And uh, we got so excited. As soon as it started, it had us by the short and curlies instantly. Mm. You know, There was that sort of like intrigue. And then the first time you see the Doctor, he grabbed us and it was like, run for your life. You know, it inspired us so much. And I I watched Rose over and over and over again. You know, it was just one of them episodes that I had to watch over again. Yeah. Tomb of the Cybermen, Genesis of the Daleks and Rose. Yeah. Yeah. Just off the top of my head. I could probably think about it for a longer amount of time. Oh, it's always in flux. It's always in flux. Your first, your top three episodes is just off the dome. If you ask me now, I'd probably, I'd answer you three and then I'd answer a completely different three next time you ask you know so that's you yeah, know that's that's that and the final question is and this is a difficult one but i'm going to ask you it anyway 
who is your favourite Doctor? Well, that that's a little bit like, oh, you know, who's your favourite parent? But it's like saying, are you a boob man or you're a leg man? Like, or a thigh man or a bum man? I like them yeah. all. This may be the end of our first podcast. <laughs> We are having a few technical difficulties. This is episode hash, and Rug is about to announce his favourite tenant. The reason being, I think you find he's such a powerful actor, you feel every emotion with him. When he's frightened and scared, you're scared with him. When he's elated and he's he's bouncing off the walls with excitement, you're there with him. Let's start the show. Tell him what time it is. Well, here's a story. It's a, it's a, it's a story, well, it, it, it's actually written in the form of a poem. It was when I was down and out on my luck. I'd moved to Wales. I'd moved away from my two children, not to get away from them as such, but to get away from uh, an ex-partner that had done me wrong. And um, I'd, I'd run into hard times. I entered a poetry competition many years ago, probably about seven, eight years ago now, at least at least seven years ago. Um, and it had specifics. It said, you know, it must be a certain amount of words and it must mean something to you. And I entered this into a competition. And if you, if you care to listen, I'll, I'll read it out to you now. It's called A Note of Despair. Here we go. Out of cash out of my head, can't get out of the house, not even my bed, prison without bars, rules made to obey, my rules mind, you do what I say, I'm in charge, the daddy in here, can't go to the shop or even go for a beer, the tension it's mounting, my heart it beats fast, my breath draws deeply, I hope it doesn't last, all this at once is making me sick, I best take one of my pills real quick. A pill at breakfast, noon and then night. The doctor says in time things will be right. But day after day and night after night, my mind keeps on going. It's never all right. The pills haven't worked and the doctor's a fool. Is there any way out of this dark mental pool? Another week later, prescription in hand. It seems like I'll never get out of this land. I felt better after I, I, I learned that I was going to be published in this book. So that sort of brought me up a little bit. And then, of course, I moved to where I am now and I, I don't see or circulate with any of the people that I used to know, which also brought me down. And, um, yeah, I, I feel good about that, even though it's a slightly depressing. Sort of, it's not a limerick. It's not sort of fun and joyful, but it, it sort of meant something to me at the time. And it probably still means something to me now. Man. So. Uh, I think you're, I think that is, I think it's dark. I was in a dark place, man. I think that it's fierce. I think that there is, it's one, well, okay, let me. I wrote that in one go. I didn't actually revise that at all. I wrote it 
as it came, 18 lines, okay, just man. Out as it came. I meant every word. And the guy that got me into doing this was a guy called Leon, and a film we also both love, you know, Jean Reno, sure. um, Natalie Portman. Um, I, I wrote that in sort of under half an hour, and he, he wrote this song, and it was all bibble-babble and, 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 and sort of stuff about Alice in Wonderland. And he was sort of, you know, it, it still made sense. Don't worry. He, he wrote a great poem, but we both sent our stuff in, and I was the one that got published out of both of us. I'd love to find out what the book was, um, but I, I, I don't know how to do that. But that's that's a thing for another time. But, yeah, that, that was... That, it was a dark time in my life and I wrote that and it sort of pretty much explained how I felt. I went to the doctors, I got thrown a load of sort of antidepressants and stuff. Didn't make me feel any better. The doctor said, don't worry, go home, take these, you'll feel fine in a couple of weeks. And uh, I went home, took them and in a couple of weeks I was ready to slit my throat, literally. Thank so, you. It's really struck me and there's a lot to that, mate. I didn't mean to shock you with it, you know. No, I no, didn't no, this, this, is fly shit. this is fly shit, man. This is what people should be talking about. Seriously, Rug, man, you, you, I'm, I'm taken aback. I just want to say thank you, man, for sharing that, because that is some deep, dark, not even that, it's, it's generous. Man, I, I didn't think I'd be sharing it with other people as well, but, you know, that 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 meant a lot to me at the time, and it still means a lot to me now. And my mum heard it today, and I think she was quite moved by it. And to see your oh. reaction visually, uh, obviously, to, to explain to the the viewers, like seven ninety looks really quite visually moved by it, if if, if not shocked, slightly sort of like you, like you didn't expect that. You know, you, when I said I was going to read a poem out, you probably thought, you know, it was going to be some weird limerick about, you know. If you weren't on Skype, I'd like to give you a big hug for that, actually. That's how I no, feel. As we are at the moment, I'll accept your hug. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. No worries, man. That, that's, that, it's a pleasure. And, and to anyone out, out there with uh, mental health problems or anything like that, you know. Peace out peace out to them and just hope that they can sort themselves out even like a quarter of the way that what I've done, because I've still got problems now, you know, with, with stuff that's going on in my life. And I think everyone's always got something going on with their life, yourself included. Um, I'm not saying you're mental, you know, uh, but I am just we're saying, all, you know, we're on the everyone's scale. got problems in their life, whether it's just like, Oh my God, I've got to go to work. Everybody's got little problems that sort of build up, and they build up in your mind and there's stuff out there that you can do and you can, you can sort of try to resolve it as much as you can. And I, I just hope that everybody that listens to this sort of takes a little part of that and just thinks, yeah, there is hope. You, back can't, again. you can't just listen to it once or read it once. I can't give enough thanks to my good friend Rug. We haven't even talked about Doctor 13, which we will come back to. And I think Parker, should... Parker up in the, in the car park space. No, Parker, Parker up. We've yeah. got to go go back and revisit like you said, yeah. like 11, 12, oh, you know. You can't cover, you can't cover decades. In one podcast, not surely, no. Even exactly. I know that. I don't even know what a podcast is. Exactly. Then. So what I'm saying, Rug, is let's leave New Who for the next episode. Brilliant. Yeah.